Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Voice the Sasha Poshcast, your go-to podcast for all things posh. This is your host Shweta Bhatt, and today I speak to Jessamine Matthew, who is an advocate, posh consultant, trainer, and Sasha team member. Jessamine and I talk about external members. We cover topics like. who is an external member how do they help organizations why is it mandatory to have external members on internal committees and what qualities should external members have without further ado let's dive in thank you so much jessamine for coming into our podcast again i remember our first episode with you was on the topic of conciliation about a year ago uh, and now we are going to be talking about external members something that uh, a topic that uh, a lot of ic members and employers and employees are curious about so we'll dive right in we have a list of questions from the team and the very first question is the simplest and the most frequently asked one and that is what is an external member who is an external member so in indian law there is a requirement for each organization to set up a team or a body called the internal committee uh, within its company within the within the workplace to ensure and address uh, sexual harassment concerns properly so this uh, committee needs to have a minimum of four members out of which three members need to be from within the organization and one member needs to be external or outside of the organization so when i talk about an external member i'm talking about the person who has been appointed as such to an internal committee under the law now this person can be um, an independent consultant can be a lawyer can be a counselor can be somebody who is familiar with these types of issues uh, and in uh you know the rest of today's uh, podcast i think we'll go on to discuss uh, the role of the internal committee and why it is important uh, to have um, an external member to begin with why do we need an external member why is it mandatory in the law to have an external member as part of all internal committees for posh so the reason why the law asks for organizations to have an external member is to ensure that there is a you know an element of neutrality and uh, impartiality in the proceedings because as much as internal members can set the context regarding employee dynamics um interpersonal issues or uh, work related communications work related structures and hierarchies uh, only somebody who is external to the organization who doesn't have a stake in the internal functioning of the workplace um can truly analyze the situation in an independent manner so that is why we have an external member that is why it is important and mandatory uh, to have at least uh, one external member in your internal committee uh, in many people often do ask is it is it necessary to have an external member and the answer to that is yes very clearly the law does say that at least one member of the internal committee needs to be external to the organization another question that organizations often ask is what are some of the qualities that an external member should have so when we talk about uh, qualities uh, i think it's it's sort of a broad term uh, and there are lots of different things which each individual who acts as an external member can bring uh, to to the table and um, to the internal committee that they're working with uh, but some things which i think should be common across uh, different external members is first and foremost i think whoever is being appointed as the external member should have a sound knowledge of the law 
right? And the reason for this is that many of the procedures, the practices, um, even understanding sexual harassment, even looking at how we can address it, uh, all of that is derived from uh, the Sexual Harassment of Women at Workplace Prevention, Prohibition and Redressal Act and the associated rules. So sound legal knowledge is absolutely essential in, ensure, in any external member who is appointed. Aside from that, I would also say that the external member should have a couple of other qualities. First and foremost, it should be someone who is familiar with issues relating to sexual harassment. Right? So not just from a legal perspective, but also someone who is able to relate to the issue, relate to the person who is speaking to them, uh, have empathy, show empathy, show a degree of understanding um, regarding what the other person might be going through. Because without that, I think it is very difficult uh, for any external member to carry out their job uh, effectively. So that's one thing. And the second thing I would say uh, is very important for an external member, um, and this is specifically in the context of you know, the actual work of conducting inquiries, is that it should be somebody who has a sort of keen observation and analytical powers. Because when we go through an inquiry, we speak to so many people, we interact with so many different types of people who may speak different languages, may come from different parts of India, may have different perceptions on things. Um, so we need to be able to you know, gather that information, go through evidence uh, quite carefully. And I think that is a really important skill uh, to have as an external member. But of course, I do think that, you know, someone having, uh, you know, the, the requisite knowledge and the requisite interest, I think, in this line of work um, should be fine and would be a great choice for an external member. This is a question I have heard quite a few times is the question about the gender of an external member, because the law is gender specific. The question often asked is, can an external member be a man? What do you have to say about this? So this is a question that gets asked quite commonly. And if, if we do look at, you know, the kind of people who are ex appointed as external members, many organizations do choose to appoint women. So there is no mandate or just there's no compulsory requirement that only a woman should be the external member. It can be um, a man as well. There is no specific prohibition on that. But a couple of things that I would, uh, you know, think it is important to keep in mind when appointing an external member is more than the gender of the person. It should be somebody who complainants um, and respondents and parties in any inquiry would be comfortable with. And if we look at, you know, the kinds of cases that come up and while, of course, many organizations have gender neutral policies and choose to you know, extend their policies both to men and women, we do see that a huge majority of the complaints that come up are still by women. So it is really important to have someone who understands women's issues, who understands what women might face at the workplace, how women might feel uncomfortable, what are the barriers that women face in that context, right? Uh, and it is also, of course, important to remember that even for male complainants, uh, but considering the number of complaints that come from women, this is, I think, an, something that we need to keep an eye out for. So as long as someone is able to do that, capable of doing that, I don't think it should be an issue to appoint even a male external member. Often in big organizations or organizations that have multiple workplaces, uh, the practice might be to employ or onboard the same external member for multiple workplaces. And people often ask, can this be done? Is this okay that I have uh, the same external member for all of my workplaces in the same organization? So it is fine to use the same external member across all units. There is no prohibition again on this. 
So if we look at the letter of the law, what it says is that, uh, you know, the presiding officer can be common across different jurisdictions or different um, offices or workplaces. And the external member also, there is no specific requirement that it should be someone attached in one location or to one workplace only. So it is okay to appoint people, um, you know, appoint the same external member across different workplaces. However, something that I would keep in mind uh, while doing this is that since the role of the external member is not just to be someone on paper as the external member for compliance, but also to make sure that if a concern does arise, it should be addressed properly and adequately. Right? So in that context, uh, when appointing an external member, it's also important to check whether the person who is being appointed would be a good fit for that location or that workplace. So just to give you an example, if an organization, if a company has, let's say, uh, offices, workplaces in remote parts of India, where most of the employees do not speak English or do not speak Hindi or do not speak a language, basically, that the external member knows, uh, then it may be very, very difficult for the external member to effectively carry out or address any, carry out any inquiry or address any complaint that comes up. So these kind of things need to be uh, sort of analyzed before appointing an external member, because it's again, is not just for compliance, but also to make sure that whoever is appointed is able to do their job dutifully and, you know, complete all the required um, formalities and procedures in, in conducting any inquiry. So often in employee awareness sessions, we list the uh, members of the internal committee, including the name of the external member. Um, and uh, the question is that if an employee finds it comfortable or safe to uh, approach the external member directly with their grievance, can the external member then file a complaint on their behalf? What do you have to say about this? So if an individual, an employee, non-employee, uh, you know, any aggrieved person comes and approaches an external member directly, it is really important for the external member to hear that person out, definitely. Now, the second thing is, can that can the external member file a complaint on behalf of that person? And the answer to that question is no, because it's very, very clear that the complaint has to be filed by the aggrieved person. If the aggrieved person is unable to file a complaint because of physical incapacity, because of mental incapacity or any other reason, then somebody else can file it on his or her behalf. So there are very specific situations in which a case can be filed on behalf of another person. And even in that situation, there are only specific types of people who can file a case on behalf of another person. So an external member cannot file on behalf of the complainant or the aggrieved person. That person needs to directly approach the internal committee, uh, preferably by sending an email to the presiding officer or to all of the members of the internal committee, or if the organization has a dedicated posh email ID, then sending an email there talking about the concern, uh, talking about how they want to take it forward. The best an external member can do in this situation is, uh, you know, hear out the person, hear out the person's concern, and then refer it back to the presiding officer for the internal committee to speak to that person and also encourage that person to directly file a formal complaint. Another question that we often get from IC members is uh, that the law states that there is a quorum to inquire into a complaint, which should be a minimum of three internal committee members. Does the external member have to be part of every inquiry, uh, specifically so because the law doesn't explicitly say this? So this is a question that I think a lot of uh, people ask, considering the fact that the um, rule under law says that 
the quorum must be uh, must comprise the presiding officer plus two more members and it does not specifically say that the external member needs to be included that being said i would say that it is extremely important to include the external member in any uh, inquiry and this is for the simple reason that when we look at appeal cases right and when we look at cases that go to the high court we do see that one of the major challenges to the entire inquiry process has been that the inquiry was not carried out in a neutral and unbiased manner so in order to ensure that it is neutral and unbiased one of the checks that is um, in place is to make sure that there is an external member who can kind of look at it from a you know completely uh, impartial perspective so from from procedural point of view it is very very important uh, to include the external member in all uh, inquiry and resolution related discussions and uh, even though the law does not specifically call it out uh, this is something which is required how can organizations best utilize the support of an external member so when appointing an external member uh, a few things that you can request the external member to work with the organization on are first of all reviewing and vetting the posh policy of the organization now this is really important because each organization is mandated to have a policy which addresses and uh, resolves sexual harassment concerns and gives employees a clear picture of what the exact procedure is so getting the external member to vet the policy is a good first step aside from that it's also useful to use the external member to conduct all the internal trainings because external members have significant experience in dealing with inquiries dealing with various uh, sexual harassment concerns across different organizations so they would be in the best position to give a lot of insight on the best practices on how to identify sexual harassment on how to approach the relevant team within the organization to address the concern etc so these are different ways in which uh, you know the external member services can be used aside from that it is also useful uh, if the external member could conduct capacity and skill building sessions and orientations for, for the internal committee members themselves to ensure that they are equipped with the relevant skills and knowledge to deal with any particular complaint of sexual harassment Thank you so much Jessamine this has been a uh, very insightful and i'm sure it has answered the questions uh, of many of our viewers and listeners on the topic of external members um so in closing is there anything that you would like to tell us so just to conclude a couple of things that i would like to say is that you know being an external member is a fantastic job and i think for people who are looking to do it it's a really great place to be in especially if you're passionate about this issue rather if you are passionate about this issue uh this is a great space to be in you will learn so much and you will get a lot of exposure and be able to work with a lot of uh, fantastic places and organizations if you are appointing an external member uh, it's very important to see that the person you are appointing is uh, you know very, very interested in this topic is dedicated to this cause and is someone who can deliver uh, the best possible outcome in any sexual harassment inquiry for the organization and for the parties involved so that's what i would like to say um that it's it's a really wonderful experience and i think uh, especially at sasha it has been um, a really really great a journey to be an external member at any organization i hope you enjoyed this episode dear viewers and listeners what did you like about it what insights are you left with what questions do you have 
do write to us at voice at sashaindia.com. We would love to hear from you. And also don't forget to subscribe to our channel and follow us on social media for more information. Until we meet again in the next episode with a brand new theme in the world of Posh, take care, stay safe, stay open and remember, together we can prevent, protect and progress.